Hello and welcome to the Tommyknocker Tapes. The Tommyknocker Tapes are podcast interviews of Creed Repertory Theater's resident and guest artists, with the main focus being on practical, useful advice for the actor from diverse points of view. In today's podcast, I sit down with Jack Wright. Jack is a regular director here at Creed Repertory Theater and has directed over 90 productions throughout his career. Currently, Jack is a professor of theater and film at Kansas University, where he has also been artistic director of theater and director of university theater. Among other distinctions, Jack is the president of the National Theater Conference, a fellow of the College of Fellows of the American Theater, and has also been the chair of the American College Theater Festival, where he received the John F. Kennedy Center Medallion of Excellence. In this episode, Jack talks about the importance of laughter, how stage actors should adjust for film, and how for an actor, being vulnerable isn't such a bad thing after all. So, uh, so I'm sitting here at the top of Tommyknocker Tavern with Jack Wright. And Jack, the first thing that I want to ask you is uh, what I'm probably going to end up asking everybody, and uh, it's, I want to know why we're talking about this. I want to know, actually, if, if theater is vital, if it's worthwhile, if it's worth our time to even sit up here and talk about it at the bar. Um, yes, of course. I think uh, theater is vital. You know, I was really thinking about this uh, when I was reviewing um, my notes on leading ladies. Uh, that uh, laughter is um, so essential uh, to the human condition. And I think um, whether it's a silly joke or an extended anecdote or, or just uh, an exchange of um, clever wit with another person, um, the laughter is really healing. It's really refreshing. It's mm-hmm. really, it really opens your, you up yeah. and in ways that um, I don't think can be opened up uh, by any other means. And, Certainly the theater is one of the places that provides that laughter, uh, it can provide that laughter. Um, you know, laughter strips us down to our essence, to, to our vulnerabilities, and um, uh, it shows, it reveals our weaknesses and our uh, eccentricities, and uh, it's just a very healing kind of uh, uh, feeling, and so I think laughter is essential. I also think that um, uh, the theater is essential because it it reminds people of uh, there but for you go the grace of there but for the grace of God go you or I I mean you're so easily transported into the situation the actors present on the stage uh, and for a few moments a few hours of your life you um, you allow yourself to be transported to sort of be in the shoes of the person that you're watching uh, right. perform and so um, I think those two essential elements of of transporting and of laughter are, are for me, two of the highlights of the theater experience that you have to have it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've always had it. I mean, in some form or other, there's always been theater. Right, right. Uh, when sitting down telling a story around a campfire or, or a more elaborate uh, uh, theatrical experience involving designers and directors and actors. Um, I mean, we found that it is essential in human condition. And, and I think we're reminded of that every time we have a theater experience that uplifts us, mm-hmm. that takes us to another level of our existence and that's what I love about the theater well you have been in theater for uh, a good while watch it (laughs) so you've had the wonderful opportunity of being able to work with a huge range of of actors and performers Um, so out of all the actors and performers that that have worked well with you or that you thought were just brilliant at what they were doing, what are some of the specific things that they did that I can steal? Um, (laughs) 
that that uh, that well, made you're her one of those actors, best. so uh, oh. you're stealing from yourself, I guess, <laughs> essentially. Um, no, I, I think uh, I, I love working with actors. I think every director or every director should love the process of working with actors. If he or she doesn't, then maybe they're they're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> right. But, um, um, it's it's a very humbling experience, I think, because. Uh, an actor working with directors is, uh, or a director working with actors rather, is in a situation where uh, your vulnerabilities are exposed. Mm. And I like actors who um, uh, allow themselves to be totally free in rehearsal, to be, to be totally shaped and, and or, or to totally shape themselves or the creative situation so that uh, there, there is no artifice between you and me, let's say. Uh, we just get down to the basics of exploring the text and, and exploring the situation we're in, and um, you have as much to teach me about the script as I have to teach you. And so in that process, in that interaction, there comes a, I find a terrifically important creative uh, situation between actor and director. Mm -hmm. um, so that's one of the things that, that I like to see actors who are vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Another thing I like to see is the creative instinct that, that actors have. You have a situation and you're trying to figure out what choices you can make because acting is always choices. And, right. Um, and the actors who who trust their instincts, who who sort of immediately are in the middle of the situation presented rather than trying to think about how do I get there or what do I do or mm -hmm. I mean it's just um, it's just an amazing thing when actors really trust their instincts and, and utilize their creative talents mm -hmm. that. They have. Is that something you think can be taught? That, or is that? I mean, is that one of those things? That one of those ethereal things that either you have it or you don't. Well, or? I think I think you, uh, in a teaching situation, with working with actors, what you try to do is strip away, mm -hmm. not not add on. I mean, I hate the term building a character because that, uh -huh. that implies that you're um, you're layering on things. And um, I think a lot of the times it's just a matter of stripping away, of getting down to the really clear focus of what the character is or is not, uh. what he or she is doing or is not doing. Um, and in that process of stripping away, choices become more apparent. Right. Um, I suppose you could talk about it either way. I don't think you can make a case for it either way. Layering a character is you know, adding to what you already have. And, uh. But I, li I really focus a lot when I'm in rehearsal on, like for example, the mannerisms of an actor or, or the habits that we all have as actors. Mm. Um, I like to bring them to the attention of the actor and then and then gradually the actor removes that mannerism or removes that thing that they've done over and over again. Right. Various tricks we call it in the uh -huh. trade. Um, and uh, it's not always a conscious decision on, on my part. It's just uh, an understanding that um, what what getting to the core of the situation, what is the core here really? Mm. What are we trying to accomplish? And, and how would this person in this situation, given these circumstances, accomplish it? So if that then is what um, you feel that is, should be maybe the height or the, the, of what the, the, the best actors you've seen do or what actors should do, what is something that you see a lot of actors not doing that you wish that they did more? Uh, just trusting their instincts, trusting the simple, the situation that's simple, mm -hmm. uh, the simplicity of, of creative act. You know, I watch, I, I'm really fascinated with painters, and like, well, I love it in Creed because you have so many opportunities to see so many different painters do their mm, thing. Right. And when you watch them paint a canvas or you work on their painting a canvas, there's a lot of times in which they, 
they cross over what they're doing or they, they color it out and they, it leads them to something else. Mm -hmm. And that's a lot like the acting process. I mean, you try things and you change the colors because it just isn't working with that configuration. And so, and, and you're always working toward the simplistic. The, I, I don't mean that to say that it's really simplistic, but the simple, <laughs> the simple element. You want to tell the, acting is telling stories. Right. And telling them as meaningfully and as clearly as you possibly can. And stripping away and painting over one color to get another, I think, is is what I would love. I'd like to see actors do, accomplish. Okay. So you yourself were an actor before you were a director. Yeah, I was an actor before you were born. Before, <laughs> before time existed. Um, well, I'm very young. <laughs> I I started acting when I was three. Wow. Uh, a radio drama was big in in the 1940s, uh -huh. and. Uh, that's when I started. Uh, there was a couple who I was uh, uh, sort of like a daycare uh, operation. Now we would call it a daycare. In those okay. days, it was called an elocution school or oh. or a chance for for a young person to uh, develop their creative instincts. It was really a great idea, a great oh, that's concept. Very cool. And a young couple sort of started this in Maslin, Ohio, where I was born. <clears throat> and uh, I happened to lucky enough to get into it. And we had a radio show every Saturday morning. And uh, uh, Carl Curtis, who uh, was instrumental in creating this uh, play uh, of ours, um, translated children's stories, adapted children's stories to the radio. Mm -hmm. And so uh, Carl and his wife Betty and, and I were the three storytellers, and that was the name of the show. And then he would bring in people to add to the characters that, that were developed. And so we did that for four or five years, got very popular, and was nationally syndicated. And no kidding. Then we uh, moved to television. He wanted to write for television. Television was just coming in in those days. And, so we uh, developed a television show in Cleveland, Ohio, and went up every week to do it. It was live television in those days. Right. So uh, that was a challenge. And uh, then from that, I actually moved into theater and began doing theater for uh, local professional theater in Canton, Ohio, and uh, uh, community theaters around. And I really loved that. I loved the live theater. Uh -huh. and, uh, so I did that all through um, junior high and high school, and uh, finally went off to college, and that's where I really became interested in the directing aspect of it. Right, and you're not the first uh, sort of actor to director that, that I've spoken to or that I will be speaking to. There's uh, a few, there's a few of, <laughs> of, uh, of you guys here at Creed, and I'm wonder so I'm wondering, um, do you, just from your own opinion, do you think that it is more beneficial for directors to have first been actors? I think it can be. I don't think it's a necessity, mm -hmm. but I think it can be. Um, I think the language you develop, uh, the way you talk with actors, um, uh, develops out of your um, ability to be on the other side of the table, right. to take direction, and, to, and so that sort of becomes an easy process in, in some people. Uh, there are some very good directors that I know that are not actors and mm -hmm. never have been, right. so there's always uh, exceptions to that. But I, mm -hmm. I think it's, it's a lot more helpful if, if the director understands the actor not only an ability to talk to the actor, but understand what he or she's going through, right. what the process is, yeah. and when to push hard on an actor and when when to let up a little bit. Yeah. And, and, and uh, you know, it's always the shaping of the production that fascinates me about directing. To, 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 you have all ranges and ages, and especially here at Creed, all different training programs that come to right, us right. with um, <clears throat> all different styles. And the challenge is to, to get an ensemble on put them together so that everybody's working at the same time, at the same level, on the same page. Mm -hmm. uh, and that's often a very big challenge to directors. And uh, But I love it. It's one of the things that I love most about 
seeing an actor's work grow. Right. Not only the one who has the least experience, but also the one maybe who has the most experience and, and um, sort of get him or her to uh, recognize the, the, the rate at which he's growing or not growing and mm -hmm. to sort of move him forward. So in a rehearsal process, let's say, um, how, <coughs> how would you prefer or what would ideally be the way in which uh, actors and directors uh, relate, I guess in sort of an, an etiquette kind of way? Mm -hmm. um, how should actors deal in, with all, probably anyone in the rehearsal process, but especially coming from your point of view, how should uh, actors approach directors? I mean, how should that conversation take place? Um, I have to think about that a little. I, th I think um, if I understand your question correctly... Because uh, it wasn't clear at all. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, no, I mean, because you've got several questions in there really right, that, that right. relate. Um, I think building an ensemble is what, um, what the biggest challenge is, and mm -hmm. that's true for the actor as well as the director. I mean, an actor is very single-focused, right? He, he sure. really is totally absorbed in his work, and yet what the choices that he makes affect every other actor around him. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think the actor wants to have a, or should have an open mind about the fact that every actor doesn't necessarily move at the same rate of speed that he or she does. Uh -huh. And rather than be frustrated with that and um, annoyed or irritated or just swallow it and forget it, I think the actor really needs to be more open-minded about the journey. Uh -huh. The journey for some actors is longer than for other actors, and some roles is longer. I mean, you can be a terrific actor in one scene, in one show, mm -hmm. and absolutely struggle in the next. And that's the wonderful thing about acting, is that <laughs> you never know what challenge you're facing. Right. And it may, you may read the script and say, gee, this is easy, here we go. And then you get into rehearsal and think, oh my god, this is a lot harder than I, I thought it was going to be. I mean, I'm sure you've said that from time uh, to time. A couple of times. <laughs> <laughs> And, and so that's, I mean, that's the thing that I think you build an ensemble with generating that atmosphere. I think atmosphere at rehearsal is so important. Right. And uh, I don't know how you, I mean, I do know how you generate it in some ways, but I mean, it's, a lot of it is luck, I suppose, small percentage is luck. Uh, but, but building the ensemble, building the show in the right way, um, making sure you give direction to every actor, not just a few of the actors. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, it's... I often talk in directing class, I teach it at the University of Kansas, and I often talk to directors about making sure that the whole company is involved in every rehearsal. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, whether they um, have a, a one line in a scene or, or 50 lines, uh, you treat all actors the same. I mean, you, you value the work, and of course you do. I mean, you value the work they do, the contribution they make, and, and uh, so it's just a matter of making sure that everyone feels that, that they, they have chance to give input and to, to, to receive input and mm -hmm. and you know when you're directing a musical of um, 40 people and uh, uh, it's not so easy to get to everybody and right. I often say that in rehearsals that uh, if I don't say anything to you today or it doesn't mean I'm not interested in what you're doing or right. you know time is of the essence especially Creed right. um, but I think it helps build the ensemble attitude that when I come to rehearsal I'm contributing, whether uh, whether it's a big role or, or a smaller role. And over time, over the rehearsal process, that pays great dividends in bringing the company together. So I guess uh, I was going to ask you next sort of what your ideal rehearsal process is, but I think you've already done quite a bit in, of explaining on, on sort of what that you is. I'm rambling a lot? No, 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 no. <laughs> These are all interlocking <laughs> questions. Um, so I guess, is there anything else that you would want to add? Like maybe are there any um, little tricks of the trade that you do to create uh, a more 
unified atmosphere or for the for any other directors that are listening um, are are there little things that you do that work really well for you to create the kind of rehearsal process in which you've just been describing well I, I receive so much from from the rehearsal process I think it starts with loving the rehearsal process if, if you are a director focused on the end result mm-hmm. immediately I think you miss out on a lot of the creative benefits of rehearsal um, I think you have to love the struggle the hard times the you know I think you have to be able to say to actors uh, when you're struggling with a moment I haven't the vaguest idea what we do here or, <laughs> you know I because if I'm going to expect actors to be vulnerable mm-hmm. and trust their instincts I've got to be a I've got to be a role model for that. They don't want to look at the director and say, you know, you've got this to do and that to do, and it's all laid out. And you just follow this pattern, and then you're home free. And, uh-huh. I mean, it's it's a process of really not struggling. I, that's a little dramatic, but um, <laughs> of exploring every single moment that the actor's involved, so that um, you feel like you've covered the ground in rehearsal. And when you make finally do narrow down your choices, you've got a great palette to work with. Right. I think that's really really important to to. Enter with the enter in, into the acting situation with a, a general respect for the rehearsal process, and to look. For, I want actors to look forward to going to rehearsal, yeah. you know, and to creating um, mm-hmm. everything. You know, we we have an art theater is an art that is collaborative, and um, whereas a painter spends a lot of time alone and thinking and uh, exploring himself or herself totally. And someone once said to me that a painter really pours his insides out on the canvas. Well, I, I think actors do that every day if, mm-hmm. if, if you're guiding them properly that they will sort of this sounds maybe like actorish term but <laughs> they will sort of reach a plateau where they're in the creative state and and that is a wonderful exciting place to be you know you figure that uh, out of every day you've got two or three rehearsal times when you come in and you you get to enter into this it sounds mystical doesn't it <laughs> this creative cool. state but um, but that's really true that's really what happens is if everybody is uh, is on the same page and sharing their their talent with each other, um, they're looking for that experience. And if the rehearsal process, uh, it's sort of like sports, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, coaches say if you practice well, you'll play well. Right. If you don't practice well, you're not playing. Mm-hmm. And I, I definitely feel that about the rehearsal process. The harder you practice and the more you give in the rehearsal process, I mean, not often do directors replace actors. It does happen on occasion. But the final result is that you are um, you're rewarded for that time you put in in rehearsal. So, directors um, are often teased, or there's a funny stereotype about directors that they will throw out the most vague suggestion. <laughs> um, so, is are there any common ones that you can give to us very confused actors <laughs> about things when we hear a director say this? Um, that he really what means. does he really mean? What does he really mean? What does he really want? Because the uh, the theater is such a communication driven uh, art, um, that's that's a tough one to say. Well, I will come up with three or four platitudes. <laughs> um, communication is hard enough in real life, anyway. If you stop and think about it, mm-hmm. some of the simplest things you say to your friends can be taken the wrong way, and something that you intend one way is taken another. And, mm-hmm. And I think that is one of the one of the uh, areas of concern in the theater process of communication. Right. Uh, I think uh, I, I don't think I can only speak for myself, but mm-hmm. um, every idea that I suggest to an actor, though it sound may sound vague or mm-hmm. impossible, is based in some element of something I find in the actor's work. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So um, it's a matter of 
not just giving direction in the act of taking direction, but mm -hmm. communication. Uh, if you don't understand or you think it's vague, I would hope you'd say to me, you know, Jack, that is the dumbest thing. <laughs> I mean, um, you know, and I may agree with you. I may say, you know, you're absolutely right on where that came from. I mean, I think it's a matter of always being, back to that vulnerability thing, I mean, it's a matter of being, because everybody in the art of theater is trying to accomplish the same end, the same goal. And uh, we sometimes have to struggle to get there. So I can't think of any tricks that I, I would presume. Uh, it's just that uh, if I think, the, again, one-to-one -one communication. If, if you don't understand, if an actor doesn't understand the, what the director is saying, or don't, don't let him get away with that. Just mm -hmm. try, to, try to pin him down so that you both can get to the same place. Right. Uh, and, and that is a, an answer to how we make this choice. What is the best choice that can be made? So you're also you also cast for film. Um, so, um, uh, what tips would you give stage actors who are uh, either auditioning for film or working on film so that they can adjust to that to the camera? Yeah, yeah. Well, I teach a course at KU called Acting for the Camera, and I teach a beginning course and an advanced course. And um, I find a lot of it is um, working with actors to prepare them for film is again, maybe that's where I get the stripping away mm. kind of thing. Again, it is a movement toward natural, uh, more natural state. Uh, in the theater, we sometimes have to project to a house of 1,500 or 2,000. Right. Uh, even in intimate theaters, there's a certain um, mannerism or, or, or uh, how shall I say, physicalization that's necessary to get through the meaning to the audience. Right. Uh, the camera is right on top of you. It's looking right into your face, right into your eyes. Mm -hmm. And um, so uh, we, I work with actors a lot to uh, shed mannerisms, to, to just be, uh, be, I guess, um, acting as being in terms of the camera. You, mm -hmm. you are there. You just are there. And uh, the more honestly vulnerable you can be in that moment um, with the camera shooting, the more uh, you'll like it, the more the directors will like what you do. Uh, there's no, you don't want to see the process or the artistry or the effort mm -hmm. in film acting. Um, you know, it's what's behind the eyes, it's, it's what you're thinking that says so much more about uh, what's going to happen, what you have to physicalize. Right. And the theater is just reversed. Right. You have to physicalize it in order for the audience to really understand it because they can't see your face exactly. a lot. Exactly, yeah. Hard to see behind. So that's the big thing, I think. Uh, the other thing I would say is that. Um, trust that you have prepared ahead of time. I think film acting, a lot of people are under the mis, uh, misrepresentation of film that you don't have to prepare, you're just going to show up and you're doing Right, shoot 15 and, times. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, and it's so important to get what you can out of the situation, to ask questions about what you're doing so that, so that every, I mean, you wouldn't go on stage in, in a show without having done your homework. Right. I mean, that's just an automatic thing that's expected of you, the same thing in film. Mm -hmm. Um, you just learn to ask what questions need to be asked and, and you have to make decisions quickly. Mm. I find that's the major difference with actors. In, in theater, you have, a, you have a rehearsal process that right. we can try some things weeks and you can try some things and, and uh, try them over again or discard them. Uh, in film, everything has to happen very quickly. So you have to make the key decisions about the character on your own very fast. Because directors don't have the time that, that, that we have in the theater. Right. Directors don't have the luxury to sort of pull you aside and talk to you for hours about <laughs> what you're doing. Um, so that's that's the thing you have to adjust to in film acting is making decisions, making uh, 
choices that uh, are going to be affected in a very short period of time. So assuming that uh, you don't have like a cot in the theater and you don't sleep there or at the film studio and you have a life outside mm. of here, um, what are those things that you do in your, in your life outside of theater that you believe um, support and bolster you in the arts? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, obviously, uh, uh, reading um, what you can. I, I'm a, I'm a, I read a lot, but it's seldom that I read extensively. Let me explain that. Um, I will, I'm very fascinated with history, and so I will read, start to read biographies, and I'll get into them. I won't often finish them, uh, <laughs> but I will read probably three-fourths of every book I pick up. Um, sometimes I finish, but I have such a curiosity about things that I, a stack of books is not unusual, and, uh -huh. and reading through them is not unusual. Uh, I don't think that's probably a good thing to be telling people. That. <laughs> um, but that, that's one thing. Another thing is um, I have a great admiration for artists, for painters, and I think there are a lot of similarities between painters and actors. And um, so I love that process, and I love to watch artists paint. I, I mentioned that earlier. Um, I love to watch the, the process that goes into painting. Some artists just simply, um, and it may be abstract artists more than others, but the brushstroke, there's just something, there's, once they start painting, there's no thinking involved, it's mm -hmm. just doing. And that's that's what I love to see about artists, that process that they go through in, in painting. So I love painting and, mm -hmm. and, and enjoy um, looking at paintings. For directing, a lot of research comes in paintings. I spend a lot of time in mm -hmm. libraries looking at art, relating it to my life, and mm -hmm. the process of directing. So as I said, uh, when we started, um, that you've you're you have ex quite a bit of experience in theater, so you've seen theater, American theater, progress quite a bit. Um, with the the knowledge that you have of where it's come from and seeing it move forward, uh, where do you see it going now from here? You know, the theater. One of the the joys of being uh, being in the theater and having a profession of theater is the constant um, reinventing. I think the theater reinvents itself every generation, maybe every decade. Um, actors, directors, designers become frustrated with what they're presently doing. We really see that in academic theater a lot. Uh -huh. I want to gotta go somewhere else. I'm trapped into realism or I'm trapped into the surrealistic. Um, I think the theater reinvents itself. There will always be the energy of, of young people to want to make a statement, want to make, um, want to have their voice heard. Mm -hmm. Playwrights have an outlet because they can write plays, <laughs> but actors, generalists, theater generalists uh, want to try something else and they always feel like if they can just invent this thing or if they can just do this thing, they'll enhance the theater. I think that's what makes it great. Mm -hmm. that, that generations like you coming along and say, you know, I've had enough of this, I want to try that. And they form a little company and they they do theater and mm -hmm. they, they get the money together and I mean it's an amazing phenomenon. I, I don't I don't know how I can describe it. It's so amazing. Um, and so there will always be theater and, and there will always be a reinvention of theater to to whatever the needs of the generation are uh, expounding at that point. Um, so I think it will always grow. I mean, there may be lulls, you know, right. there may be periods where there are lulls, but you know I'm not a believer in the great invalid. Uh, Theater will, will be a, as strong as uh, for lifetime after lifetime because people have a need for theater and theater art. They have a need to express themselves. 
And so that constant reinvention and taking it to a, a new area, it's not really a new area, but, mm-hmm. but it, it feels like it's new to the generation that's creating it, right. uh, will be uh, always with us. Jack Wright, thank you very much. Thank you. And thank you for listening. If you'd like to find out more about Creed Repertory Theater, you can visit us on the web at www.creedrep.org.